Second Kings chapter seven. Beginning in verse number one. Then Elisha said, Hear ye the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord. Tomorrow about this time shall a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel, and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria. Then a lord on whose hand the king leaned answered the man of God and said, Behold, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, might this thing be? And he said, this is talking about Elisha, Behold, Thou shalt see it with thine eyes, but shalt not eat thereof. And there were four leprous men sitting at the, ent at the entering of the gate, and they said unto one another, Why sit we here until we die? If we say we will enter into the city, then the famine is in the city, and we will die there. If we sit still here, we die also. Now therefore come and let us fall into the host of the Syrians. If they save us alive, we shall live, and if they kill us, we shall but die. They rose up in the twilight to go into the camp of the Syrians, and when they were come to the uttermost part of the camp of the Syrian, of, the, of Syria, behold, there was no man there. For the Lord had made the host of the Syrians to hear a noise of chariots and a noise of horses, even the noise of a great host. They said one to another, Lo, the king of Israel hath hired against us the kings of the Hittites, the kings of the Egyptians, to come upon us. Wherefore they arose and fled in the twilight, left their horses, their tents, and their asses, and even the camp as it was, and fled for their life. I'd like to just talk to us tonight here for a little bit. Bad thing when a preacher says he wants to preach for a little bit. But I'd like to just talk to us here tonight about victory at twilight. Praise God. I just want the Lord to help us here tonight. I can't do anything, but God can do a lot of things. But let's just pray together, shall we? God, we need you. We need your presence and your power to fall upon us. Direct our hearts, our souls this evening. Thank you for every precious man and woman, every young person, every child in this house tonight. ask you to help us, Lord. I, I need you, Lord. We need you. We've got to have you. You've got to do something, Lord, in our midst. Move in our lives. Let us feel your touch, your gentle assurance in our lives. We thank you. We praise you. We give you glory. We give you honor. What a great God. What a great God. What a great God. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord. We give you praise and glory. In Jesus' name, praise God. You may be seated in the name of the Lord this evening. Amen. Well, what a fix to be in. I've been in some fixes in my life. I'm sure you have too. But I have never been in this fix before. They were in a bad spot for these people in Samaria. It was a rough, rough situation. The Bible says in the preceding chapter that 
Ben-Hadad, who was the king of Syria, had besieged, or king of uh, Syria, had besieged Samaria. He gathered his host and came against them, and there was a great famine. They got all around the city, and nobody could get in or get out. So food supply was cut off. It began to be such a very difficult situation. In fact, it got so bad in the city that they were selling a donkey's head for 80 pieces of silver to eat. And also the fourth part of a cab of dove's dung went for five pieces of silver. That's pretty bad. I was at work here a week or two ago or so, and I was talking to a fellow there. And I told him, I said, you know, I said, in all of my life, I said, I've never smoked one cigarette. I said, I've never tasted alcohol one time. And I said, I've never taken one drug, not, not anything. And I read chapter 6, and I put two more things on my list that I'm not going to put in my body, God helping me. Donkey's head and dove's done. What a bad spot to be in. I... I've been some places and ate some meals, preaching places that I said, thank you very much, but it wasn't like it was today, let me tell you that. Try to find some place to slip off to a McDonald's somewhere. And but what a bad spot these folks were in. They had been several months of no help. Nothing. Just day after monotonous day of knowing that just out there were the Syrians. And should they try to make a move, should they try to do something, the Syrians would catch them, would kill them. That was their whole intent and goal was to take the city. And Elisha was in the city living there. And Elisha never let his prayer life die. Because God spoke. And while Elisha was one day in prayer, talking to the Lord, the Lord spoke and said, I want you to tell the people this message. Tell them tomorrow, right about this time. 24 hours from now. You are going to see a dramatic change in this city. A dramatic change. You are going to see that a measure of flour is going to be sold for a shekel. And that two measures of barley will be sold for a shekel. That seems almost fanciful and a dream because they're eating donkey's head for 80 pieces of silver. Dove's dung costs five pieces of silver. 
But that's what the Word of God said. And there was a fellow there who had been involved in this whole process. He was an important man, obviously a good man. King trusted him. He was obviously a man of importance, a man of ability, because the king trusted him. And he said, I just am wondering, do you think God would open up a window in heaven and pour it down upon us? Because it's sure not going to come from outside the walls. God would just open up a window, pour it out. How in the world did that possibly be? And Elisha said, well, you're going to see it, but you're not going to be a partaker of it. But outside the walls of that city were four men, four leprous men, men who were unclean, couldn't partake in the normal affairs of family life, city life, all things. You read through the scripture about those who were unclean. And, and, and read what they had to endure, what they went through in the situation when they had leprosy. And I can imagine that looking at those four men, there surely was not anything to look at and say, wow. Deliverance from the hand of the Lord is going to come from these four fellows right here. What an unlikely set of heroes. What an unlikely army that God would choose to use. And they sat there and they said to themselves, you know, we got a bad situation going on. And if we go into the city, there's no food in the city. If we sit here, we're going to die. If we go to the Sumerians, one of two things is going to happen. They're either going to bring us in, give us something to eat and help us, or they're going to kill us, which is going to happen to us anyway. We're going to die sitting here. So I think what we ought to do is we ought to just get up and give it a try. We just ought to get up and see what happens. And the Bible said they rose up. At twilight. <laughs> twilight is, is that, that time when it's not dark. And it's not light. In that time when the sun is setting across the horizon. And the shadows are starting to lengthen across the land. And at twilight. It's just not as easy to see. <laughs> it's just not as easy to discern and see just what things are. Sometimes you squint a little bit, or sometimes you just don't know. It's, it's hard to see at twilight time. But they rose up and they said, we are going to go. I would submit to you and I that we're in a position, a time here in our world, where the church could be described as in a twilight. A time where it seems that even inside the walls of our apostolic churches, it's a little bit hard to see what's happening. A little bit hard to know what's going on. Hard to differentiate between all of the things that are happening. 
And it seems that everywhere we turn, there is a difficult situation. Every time we turn around, something else is facing us. And it seems to us that there is absolutely no hope for the direction that we have as individuals, as family, or even as a corporate body, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. How in the world is it going to happen? How in the world could God even do something? And sometimes perhaps maybe we could even have a thought in our mind just like the Lord on whose hand the king leaned. Just how in the world could it even happen? But God had spoken. God used his man to speak his word. And when he spoke through that man, God's word never never lies. His word will not return unto him void. He will not speak something and it not be true because when it comes out of the mouth of our God, it is the truth. It may not be the truth as you and I see it, but if God speaks it, it's going to be that way. He said, let there be light and there was light. He said, let there be and there was. He said, let this happen, and it did. And he said, let the dry land appear, and it did. Because he said it. I tell you now, this night, there is nothing more sure and more powerful than the word of our God. And the Lord spoke and said, tomorrow. Tomorrow. And so these four men sitting outside the gate, of which the people inside the city had no idea. No idea that deliverance was on the way. No idea. They sat in there, bought more donkey's heads, and they wished for a better day. But these four men said, we are going to try and see if we can have victory. We're going to get up. It's not the best time. It's twilight. We're going to try, but I just, I don't know if it's going to work or not, but I'm going to give it everything I've got. We're going to give it a try. And so they went toward the camp, and they got all the way over toward the Syrian camp. And the scripture says that when they got there, there was not one man there. No sentries. No guards, no lookouts, nobody. It was complete silence. They walked into that camp and it was really such a strange thing to look and they went to a tent and perhaps with a little bit of trepidation opened up a tent flap to look inside to see who was in there and to realize there was nobody in there. But there was a meal sitting on the table. (laughs) Wow. Man. So they went. And they ate. And they drank. And they started looking inside these tents. And there was gold in those tents. And silver in there. Clothing. The Bible said they started grabbing all that stuff. And taking it and hiding it. Come back and went into another tent. And they got, it was a complete different scenario than what they anticipated when they got there. And I'll tell you why. It was because God got involved. 
God got involved in the situation. And the reason that he got involved was because somebody said, we're not going to sit here till we die. We're not going to sit here and die. We are going to make an effort. We are going to step up and step out. We're going to do something and we're going to do everything we can to see what God can do. And God moved on their behalf. Folks, I'm going to tell you, we ain't got no time to sit on the pew and say, hey, I wonder how it's going to happen. I think somebody needs to get up off of their seat. Somebody needs to be able to say, hey, you know what? I'm not going to sit here and wait on the church to die and wait on my family to die and wait on somebody else to die. But somehow, I'm going to get up and I'm going to say, I'm going to go forward and I'm going to march to the enemy's camp and I'm going to march and I'm going to see what God is going to do. It's twilight. It's dark. It's a troubled time. But you know what? God don't worry about times. He don't worry about daylight or dark. He don't worry about nothing. But God said somebody is going to make a try. Praise God. You may be seated. But oh, he, they got to over there. They said, wow, this is powerful stuff. This is super. Then somebody said, you know what? We don't do well. Somebody else needs to partake of this blessing. Somebody else needs the Holy Ghost. Somebody else needs a healing. Somebody else needs deliverance. Back over there in the city, somebody's uh, scraping out something out of that donkey's eyeball. Back in this city, somebody is trying to make it through another day. But oh, in this camp right here, look at all what we got. We need to go back to the city and tell them there is victory here. There's victory at twilight. Victory in this moment. We're going to go back and tell them. I want you to understand tonight, friend, that God is looking for some people who are not concerned about the times, not concerned about the troubles and the difficulties but are going to stand up and say there's power in the name of Jesus and by the power of the Holy Ghost we are going to move forward and believe God for everything he said he was going to give us help us here tonight Lord hallelujah praise God amen I I don't think I have to be some kind of a rocket scientist or some kind of a spiritual guru. If I were to say to you, there are probably some things that God has spoken to this church through your pastor, or perhaps even through other men who came through and God used them and said what God was going to do. You, You just understand something, friend. God don't lie. And the Holy Ghost don't miss. <laughs> Woo! Holy Ghost don't fail. Oh, 
He said it. The power of the Lord is such that when he says it, it's going to happen. He said it. He said it. He said it. God's word is going to come to pass. Victory is going to come at twilight. Victory is going to come at twilight. Victory is going to come at twilight. Oh my. Well, we're going to have to have a great big choir. We got to have a bigger building. We got to have all this. I'll tell you what you just need a little bit of faith in the Word of God. A little bit of faith in the man of God. And say, you know what? It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And we're going to get out and go on and believe God. That we're going to take from the enemy what God wants us to have. The devil's had your victory too long. The devil's had your shout too long. He's had your, your deliverance too long. He's had your peace of mind too long. It's time to get up. It's time to get out. It's time to say, no, you don't. Not no more. Not no more. Victory belongs to me. Victory belongs to the church. Ah. Woo. Ah, ah, ah. Ah, you may be seated. I'm going to tell you, friend. Ah, well, that looks like an unlikely bunch. Uh-huh. But you take a look. When God starts to move, he never, never, never does he ever look for the ones that look like they're perfect. <laughs> the Pharisees oh I really pray to God I give a thousand dollars a week in times. that's what the Bible said they did stood on a street corner let everybody know how holy they were how spiritual they were Jesus said, you're white of sepulchers full of dead men's bones. But Brother Hilton, there was a woman with an unclean spirit that she came and washed his feet. And she dried his feet with her hair. She was unworthy. She had so many problems. And the Lord said, ah, you're not going to castigate this woman. She's done this against my burying. No, 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 no. You're not going to do that. Ah, ah. Oh. Mary Magdalene had seven devils, but the Lord cast them out of her. There was a lame man. Ooh, there was a leper. There was a blind man. <laughs> there 
was a woman that had issue of blood for 12 years and the Lord looking for somebody who's saying I'm going to press through the crowd somehow I'm going to touch the hem of his garment <laughs> Whoa, by the power of God somehow I'm going to make it I refuse to sit here till I die Lord, 12 long years losing blood, and every day she got worse. You may be seated. She had no help. She spent every penny she had. Doctor said, oh, this will fix you right up here, ma'am. 30 seconds, please. Every time she got worse. But she heard about Jesus. I'm sick. Oh, I don't even know if I can make another step. I don't even know if I go to church tonight. I feel so bad. I don't even know if I can clap my hands. I don't even know if I can say amen to the preaching. I feel so bad. I feel like I'm just going to stagger around. I don't even know if I can make it. But if I can somehow just get there. If I could just somehow be able to make it. If I could just somehow touch the hem of his garment. I know it's going to be alright. Somebody get up. Somebody in the spirit get up. And say you know what. I'm going to make it because I'm going to touch him. I refuse to sit here. And let the power of hell steal my victory. In the name of Jesus. I will touch him. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. I'm familiar with trying to struggle my way through church. I'm familiar with coming in the house of God and powers of hell battling me every step of the way. I've stood behind the pulpit and had it seem like everybody in the pew against me. When I'm preaching and I feel the power of the Holy Ghost and I've stood and I've battled and I've preached until it felt like my tongue would drag the ground and I would go out of the house and not one person would say to me, I appreciate you preaching the word of God and I'm going to tell you, I know what it's like to battle my way through every church service but somehow, brothers and sisters, you just got to say, I'm not going to sit here. I'm not going to stay here. I'm not going to sit out. I'm not going to give up I'm not giving in I'm going to go on I'm going to see God do something I'm going to believe God He's going to give us what we need oh, Help us Lord Bye uh, uh, my my Well, you could be seen. Buddy, we got us a little problem. I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to take you to Jesus. Jesus is going to help you. All right. That sounds great, friends. I appreciate it. So four men reached down and each grabbed a corner of the cot, picked him up, said we're going to take him to Jesus. You know what? When they got to Jesus, they had a little problem. There was a crowd. He was in the house, and the house was full. 
and there was nobody going to give them any room. I mean, they was crowded all around everywhere. You know what they could have said? Hey, bub, we tried. We went to church, but we couldn't touch it. We got there, but everybody else getting to touch, but looks like you can't get Sorry. Let's go back home. Something in their nature. Said, we are not going to take this for an answer. The old devil's trying to steal the victory. Trying to cause us to doubt. Trying to cause us to feel like there's no way out of this situation. But you know what? We're going to somehow make a way. We're going to make it happen somehow. And I don't know how they did it. But I don't know what they had to do. But they somehow got their buddy up on the roof of that house. And they climbed up on the house themselves. And they went over to where it was. And they started tearing the roof off of a house that didn't even belong to them. Can you imagine if that owner was in that house that night or that day? Can you imagine that owner? There he's listening to all these things going on in the house. And all of a sudden, little dirt begins to trickle down. They start looking up, and all of a sudden, light starts appearing. I don't know what kind of roof it was, but pulling off. And these four guys pulled the whole roof off that house. You're not about to take no for an answer. Jesus is in that house. And the only answer for our buddy is Jesus. It's not another drug. It's not another drink. It's not another liaison. It's not another job. It's not another woman or another man. What my answer is today is Jesus. And he's in that house. And somehow we're going to get in there. Somehow we're going to get in that house. We're going to get in there somehow, some way. We're going to make our way through it. And God is going to help us. Woo! And that hole opens up. And all of a sudden, these guys look up, and there's four heads looking down at them. Is that hole big enough? Jeremiah, I think so, Ephraim. Let's get with it. And so they grabbed that guy, caught, and they lowered him down. Oh. <laughs> and Jesus looked at that fella. And the first thing he did was forgave him his sins. <laughs> and the next thing he says to him, take up thy bed and walk. That old boy came in through the roof. He went out through the door, walking with his bed. Church, I want you to understand something. God wants you to have the victory. God wants you to have revival. God wants you to have the glory. God wants you to have the, the deliverance. He's going to give it to you. But you got to get up and go to the house. you got to go to the camp. You can't sit down. you got to get going. Oh, my. Well, you may be seated. I'm going to wait on Pastor to get it going. I'm going to wait on the song leader to get it going. I'm going to wait on the piano player. I'm going to wait on the Sunday school teacher. I'm going to wait on somebody else. I'm going to wait on sister or brother so and so. 
Uh-uh. No. Don't you wait on nobody else. You get it going yourself. Woo. Uh, why, why don't you just find somebody out there and say, man, have you ever heard about Jesus? You ain't, you ain't, there's no telling who you can reach, who God can touch, who God can move in a powerful way. God can do something exciting and, and dramatic if you just say, I refuse to sit here until I die. I'm going to get up and I'm going to let God help me. I'm going to get up and I'm going to go forward. There will be a revival. There will be a calling out. There will be an answer. There will be a victory. Oh, somebody believe the Lord tonight. Somebody believe God. He's got an answer. He's got an answer. He's got an answer tonight. Ah. Oh my. Ah. Woo. Praise God. You may be seated. Uh. You know, Peter. Why don't you just launch out here into the deep a little bit. And when you get out here, I'll tell you what I'd like you to do. Why don't you let down your nets? Just let your nets down. Over the right side of the net. Just let them down. Just, let's, let's do that. Just, there's going to be going to be a catch. Oh, Peter said, Lord, we have toiled night. And if anybody knew how to fish, I would assume Peter knew how to fish. I'll you to realize he wasn't fishing with Debco 33 and a little bait caster. Fishing in those days was hard work. Letting the nets down, moving the boat around the lake and pulling in the nets. These guys in those boats were not little scrawny. These guys were these guys were some strong fellas working in those boats. Sails and rudders rowing. Ugh. What are we told all that? Yeah. You ever been there? Prayed and ain't got nothing. Worshiped and ain't got nothing. Believe God and ain't got nothing. Give an offering and a tithe and still got nothing. Lived in obedience to the word of God and still don't seem to have nothing. The Lord said, let your net, nets down. Draw it. But nevertheless, even though we have not caught anything all night at thy word, I will let down the net. And I don't know how long it took, but it was several minutes. Perhaps an hour. I don't know how long it took to get the nets down, the boats around it. It was not a just a moment's notice. It took a little while. But the Bible said when they finally got that, it began to draw the nets up. Brother, something began to happen in them. And they began to say, wait a second. I wonder if this net's caught on something. Maybe that might have been our reaction, right? That net caught on something. Oh, there was something inside those nets. And they began to pull that up. And the Bible said they caught such a great amount of fish that the nets began to break. 
They had so much fish. The scripture says they had to call another boat to come and help them because there was too much for what they had. Can I tell you, God is the God of more than enough. He's never the God of just plenty. He's the God of more than enough. He's the God who knows how to give you more than you've got room to receive. The Bible said that when they did those five loaves and two fishes, they fed 5,000 and came up with 12 buckets of food left over. God doesn't just give you enough, but God's going to give you more than you need. But somebody's got to let down the net. Somebody Somebody's got to go forward. Somebody's got to believe that God is going to do it and get up and don't sit on the ground and die. Uh, praise God. Uh, I will tell you, you, when you sit around and you don't do nothing, the devil's going to fill your mind. He's going to fill your mind about sister so-and-so, brother so-and-so, this situation. That situation, yada, yada, yada. God opened up a window and let it come down into the city. That's what the man on whose hand the king leaned. That's what he said. But God wasn't going to do it that way. God did it another way. I'm telling you, friend, when you sit around that the devil can put things in your mind, but you get up and say, I'm refusing to let my mind be a place for the devil to work. I'm going to get up and go worship. I'm going to get up and pray. I'm going to get up and fast. I'm going to get up and believe the Lord. I'm going forward because it may be twilight. It may not be a good time as far as I'm concerned, but revival time is any time when God's involved I believe in the word of the Lord Come on. Oh, my. Oh, my. Uh, praise God the Bible says maybe seated the Bible says that when they got back to the city somebody said it's a trap So when the lepers got back to the city, they said, it's a trap. I know what they did. They just went away from their camp a little bit, a little bit to make us think, get out there, are going to catch us. That's what happens when you've been subjected to the devil's thoughts for a long time. Doubt gets a hold of you. You see a devil behind every bush. Failing to realize that the devil is not omnipresent. Only Jehovah's omnipresent. He's also omniscient. And he's also omnipotent. He's all powerful. Everywhere present. And he knows everything. So, oh, it's a trap. Oh, no, it's not. I want to tell you something, friend. We got we to gotta get past the fact and the thoughts that the devil wants to put in their mind, our mind, and cause us to feel like it's... A, know how God could even do it I don't even I don't understand how God can do things how can he take this world that we're living on and hang it in air this air this this world's not hanging on a string friend God didn't take a little nail and hang it in the wall of the universe and put drill a little hole in the back of the earth there This ball of mud that we're circling around on is in the air. How? You take a look 
how God created everything and how this cycle works. You take a look at how everything, uh, dear me, I don't know how God does it. All I just know that he can and that he did and that he does. Because he said, I am the God who was, which am, and am forevermore. I'm not the God who is just there in the past or in the present. I'm always going to be God. Jesus Christ, the same, is yesterday and today and forever. And he was God when you first got the Holy Ghost, and he's God right now. And God's wanting to try to say, there's a victory for the church. There's a victory. There's a victory. There's a victory if you just get up and refuse to let hell dominate your mind. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. <laughs> I'm not interested today in what hell's selling. When I read through this book, I find that every time the devil moved, God had an answer. Every time that old slew foot thought he had the church in trouble, God had an answer. In fact, the Bible tells us that if the prince of this world had known, if the devil had just never would have crucified the Lord of glory, but he thought, I won. But he didn't. He lost. And he's still a loser. <laughs> but every time I read about the church, I read about a blood-bought bride. I read about a church that's been filled with his spirit. Bought by his blood. Called by his name. <laughs> oh, in love with his word. And I've seen that church go triumphantly marching on. Throw the apostles in jail. And they're going to sing and praise God. And an earthquake comes and brings them out. And revival happens in Philippi. I'm preaching to you today about a God that knows how to bring revival to Aletha, Kansas. Knows how to bring a move of God. Knows how to get revival. It's time to go on. It's time to get up. Come on, brother. It's time to have victory. Come on, sister. It's time to play the tambourine. It's time to run the aisles. It's time to shout to God with a voice of triumph. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's victory time. It's twilight. It's victory. It's time to go forward in Jesus' name. Woo! <laughs> oh! I think we ought to praise him. I think we ought to worship him. I think we ought to move ahead. I think we ought to believe God. Oh, praise God. I think it's time for you to get the Holy Ghost. You don't have the Holy Ghost, tonight's your night. You need healing in your body, tonight's your night. You need victory in your spirit, your soul, tonight's your night. It's time. 
just quit believing the devil's lies. It's time to quit believing all of that. It's time to stand up and tell the devil to shut up and say in Jesus' name, we're gonna move forward and God is gonna give us the victory. Let's just lift our hands and begin to praise God together right now.